episode of this brand new sports podcast called Sporting Ramble with Daniel and Owen. I'll be joined shortly by my co-host Owen and as you've got a fantastic guest for this first interview in this first episode with the digital content manager of FIFA. I'm actually honoured to have him. His name's Keanu Rattray. He's a fantastic guy. It's been absolutely fantastic to have the chance to, the opportunity to interview him so shortly I'll take you through to that interview. So please enjoy this first episode, stream it up share it everywhere. Keanu Rattray joining me very soon live. All good, all good. You know, I'm always happy to help. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, let's get started then. Could you say your name and a little bit about uh, what you do? Uh, yeah, no problem. Um, so my name is Keanu Rattray um, and I am currently a uh, digital content manager for FIFA. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's cool. Okay, so, um, my question is, um, what does your job with FIFA involve and what would you say are the best parts of it? Um, my job entails um, a lot of it. My day to day is, um, you know, posting on social media. Um, so, you know, being running the um, or being one of the managers who runs the Instagram and the Facebook accounts that FIFA has. So, you know, the men's World Cup account, the women's World Cup and the other current uh, Facebook accounts like Beat Soccer and Futsal um, and the awards um, like for, the best, for the best. Um, and also, um, you know, just giving feedback on, you know, just ultimately analysing on social media in regards to how we can um, get more engagement and, you know, onto the, onto the, to the, the, to the pages and also just being critical about, um, finding out ways we can make the 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 content that we put out better and you know follow the trend of social media and how we can you know use it for for our own platform brilliant um working with fifa do you think the organization is making uh, a good enough attempt to um like stop racism in, in the current game Yeah, okay, so basically, I think you work with such a, like a key role within FIFA. Do, do you think the organisation is making a big enough attempt to stop racism in the world game? Um, I think it's making the strides too. Um, I think it, we, you know, I had a conversation recently, um, you know, in, in my in my team, like, um, you know, like in, my te- in, in the team that I work in, you know, it's, it's not necessarily a massive secret, but, you know, I'm like the only person, like, other than, um, somebody who's of, of, you know, Asian descent, uh, of Indian descent, sorry, apologies, of Indian descent, uh, on the team. I'm the only other person, um, on the team who, who is black. So, yeah. um, you know, okay. we, we, it's getting to the point where, you know, we have to, um, you know, these things, these things are noticeable. But I think, I would say the, they're, they're in the, the, they're heading in the correct direction. Like, um, you know, we have these type of conversations where, you know, you have to start to have the conversation about these things and it's going to be uncomfortable at the beginning, but, you know, the point of it is to have the conversation and then ultimately see where things can be changed and how, you know, we can start to move in towards a better direction towards the future. So I think it's definitely heading in the right step. I mean, I think, you know, I mean, I would like to think that, you know, hiring me 
I'm not saying I'm going to be the catalyst of, of everything, but you know, at the end of the day, you have yeah, to start yeah. somewhere with these type of things. So, you know, to think that I'm in, I'm in this position, not just, you know, based on, um, my ability is, is also, is a blessing to be here. So I'd like, to, I would like yeah. to think that things are moving in, in the, in the right direction. Yeah, yeah, big up to you. I think you'll make, I think you'll make a key change. You're seeing it's such a big organization and you're working there as a minority person. I think you'll, you'll make a big change in that, uh, going in that right direction, as you mentioned. Appreciate it, man. Um, the, the the punishment for racism isn't nearly as strong enough. Do you, what do you do? You have any ideas about what it should be and how it can make change? I mean, I think yeah. I mean, we, we've I think me and you have spoken about this. Yeah, yeah about definitely. The, yeah. the previous times that we that we've um that we've this we've recorded though, and um like um you know I'm I'm a big I'm a big um person on this in regards to you know punishments never being what they're supposed to be um you know i mean in a way almost repeating myself like you know you think about you know earlier in earlier in the year you know when we had all the stuff going on with the super league yeah and we was able to yeah we was able to get rid of the super league within a week you know with the combination of you know broadcasters you know social media and you know people in the the political world like a uh, mad time for FIFA, wasn't it? Like, seeing as you guys were like heavily opposing it as well. Well, yeah, I think you know, me and you know, me, oh, me and you have spoken about this, you know, on the previous times that we've, we've spoken. But yeah. um, you know, I'm I'm a big I'm a big person on when it comes to you know about how the punishments for racism has never been where it needed to be. Um, you know, I think you, you threw in a part of the question in there about you know. FIFA's stance on it. Um, to be honest, I wasn't at FIFA at the time during the Super League um, incident. Um, you know, I it was literally a month. I think when it was all going on, um, it was literally like two about two months before I joined FIFA. And there was actually I was actually given the opportunity to write an article for Vice about the Super League and about you know where racism is at this point in football and not just in football but in society. And, you know, how I got to speak to a lot of amazing people about, you know, Les Ferdinand being one of them. Wow. Um, and, you know, wow. we kind of just got to, speak. yeah, um, listen, connections, man, connections. Um, <laughs> yeah. Networking, in it? <laughs> yeah, man, listen, connections, they're, they're working for real. Um, but yeah, no, it's, um, um, like the whole, the whole premise of the article basically was like, you know, if you can get rid of something, so like we talk about how, like you know sometimes football when things in the world of football like things sometimes have to move slowly for you know for you to see any real progression but for something like the super league to exist one week and then by the next week be be gone yeah. why isn't that, why can't the same thing be for racism i mean you know like we we talk about like broadcasters social media uh political figures you know getting involved in things like this and um, even, you know, governing bodies, you know, to even go that far to want to get rid of something like this. But and then literally within a week, it's no one's talking about it anymore. So, you know, the same thing should each should. And to think that something that has been around probably since like the the beginning of football, to be perfectly honest. Um, exactly. Yeah. To, to think that something like that can't be, you know, that punishments can't be stricter or you know the the rulings through it can't be more 
um, you know, consequential, it, it's baffling to me. Yeah, like, like as you said, like you said, racism is like a thing that's been there since the start of football and also it's been in society for a long time. It's mad to think like something as um, controversial as the European Super League was gone, like it came and went just like that within yeah. 48 hours. Whereas racism was still talking about like years and years and years in. And it's just, like still campaigns going on to try and tackle it. And it's, it's still prominent, isn't it? To be honest. Yeah, no, it's terrible. It's um, it, it's it's a it's, it's a terrible thing to talk about. I mean, and you know, you get to the point almost where, like, talking about things like this is tiring. Like, I mean, you know, we're seeing like we're not just seeing things in football right now. Obviously, we're seeing things in cricket as well. Um, yeah, exactly. With like, the cricket things, uh, yeah, and the cricket you, club you know, and the whistleblower. Yeah, like it's it's um like and you you think okay. Like football is a much more, in a way, inclusive, inclusive sport. But then you mm-hmm. look at you look at cricket. Cricket is uh, a middle class, like to put it bluntly, what it is. It's a middle class white person sport. And yeah. to think that we're only hearing stuff now about it, like when I saw the news, I was like, this is not going to be the first story that we hear. That like, we are going to hear so yeah, much exactly. more about what yeah, exactly. is happening in cricket. Well, as you said, like, yeah, yeah. As in, but in, in England, it's mainly to do with that. But obviously, you have to consider the fact that, like, there's countries such as West Indies and South Asian countries. Obviously, Azim Rafiq, the guy who was involved in that, was Pakistani as well. So there's also communities like that that are facing it as well. Isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think it's just like it's a... But, it's, you know, again, it all comes down to, to culture and class. Within this country, that's every, what everything comes down to. Like, you know, if you're not a part of the, if you're not part of the, if you're not part of a certain culture and you don't represent a certain class, you know, to other people, you seem different. And for some people, you even see less, lesser than what you are. So it's just something that, you know, can't happen. Shall we uh, look look at the internationals? Like, wh- why aren't we not doing enough when we when we see countries like be racist internationals? And, wh- and what do you think can be done upon those countries? I mean, I think again, it just comes down to it comes just comes down to punishment. It comes down to ruling. Yeah. It comes down to the people that are in charge. You know, like if the people in ch- the people in ch- the people at the top don't see anything wrong, it's because it's not something that affects them. That's just. That and but that and that's not just the football thing. That's just the yeah. life thing. Like a lot, of, like there's so many things that's going on in the world right now. But you know, if it doesn't affect you, it's not your problem. Like so, yeah, exactly. why why should I try to why should I try to you know fix something for somebody else? Like obviously that's not how everybody is wired. Like some people generally just want to help other people. But for the for the most part, why would I go out of my way to try to make something better for somebody else if it could potentially make it worse for me? Or if it's just a matter of whether, you know, like, um, like I think there was there was an example. I was speaking to somebody about this earlier in the week, and you know, it's, I guess in a way it's a bit strong. But I was thinking like it kind of just it does it does in a way this is a strong topic, so it makes sense. Like, you know, we even just thinking back to the the cricket stuff that's happened this week, but you know, just thinking about racism in general, like we it, we live in a world where if you're um, like let's say if you're a murderer, the person who who is who the person who murdered someone doesn't get to come out come out and do interviews and say, Let me tell my side of the story. You don't get 
like if you see a rapist you don't get them to come out and sit to tell their side of the story and if you don't if you find an abuser they don't get to come out and say their side of the story it's just automatic conviction so why is that the same why isn't that the same with, with racism like why does a racist get to come out say their side of the story and be like oh i'm not racist when this should be treated as seriously as those other offenses yeah exactly it's like a bit of a taboo issue isn't it but like it should be more i, I say Spoken aggressively about. tackled especially yeah. obviously with bigger sports um yeah should I go back to my question was it Ollie? yeah yeah yeah, yeah okay um we see people calling racism political as an excuse to not talk about it in the game. Do you see it as a political issue when you talk about it or something else entirely? People who call racism political use it purely as an excuse and some think it's something that they just don't want to talk about. Like, I would rather you say you don't want to talk about it or you don't know how to talk about it than calling it political. Like, if you really ask someone, like, saying, saying it's political is just a, a massive, massive cop-out. Like, yeah. what is what is political about wanting everybody to be treated fairly? What is it? What is political about everybody wanting to be treated the same or given the same opportunities as somebody else? Like, what's political about that? Yeah. Like, if you yeah. provide someone with the same amount of opportunities with somebody, if you provide two people from two different backgrounds with the same amount of opportunities, there's no reason that they should both shouldn't succeed. I think we saw that when when people, you know, when people were booing the the knee, taking the knee. And then they used to use it as they didn't you want political issues in in the sport. That was just that's clearly an excuse just to not speak about such important matters, isn't it? Yeah, and ultimately, you know, the people that 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 boo are just people like it, another thing that obviously it comes back to is it comes back to education. Like yeah. a lot of time, the people that boo don't understand the reason why people are kneeling. Yeah. You know, it doesn't like it doesn't take lot. Like people will always talk about people. The problem with I think with a lot of people is people try to act like they're educated when they're really not. And yeah. but the problem is they're educated about the wrong things, about the wrong topics. Like you can you can say you're educated about something that is going straight down the line, but you have decided to educate yourself by going around the curve and thinking that you've got to the exact same place as the person who went straight down the line. It doesn't make it. It doesn't. It, it doesn't. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't add up. Like you need to educate your people. Need to educate themselves on these type of topics so they can actually understand what is going on. There's a reason that every single weekend that these play that players in the Premier League kneel. There's a reason why these players are standing up and talking about racism, talking about discrimination, talking about injustice in the media. There's a reason for it. Like these people are not coming out with stories for no reason like why what what does it serve them like to some people like they get like some people love to use the excuse oh you've got the best job in the world you get to play football for a living yeah that's that's true they do get to do that but then they're also using their platform but then what to them what does it serve them to talk about to not talk about the injustices that they had to face coming to get to the point to where they're at what does it serve them like they're still like Raheem Sterling has, has been somebody who's who's been a victim of this for probably much longer than everybody that's playing in the league right now. What it, like he pretty much like is in a he's in a Premier League winning team. Um, you know, like he's he's a, he's he's an extremely talented player, and yeah. he basically plays week in and week out for, unfortunately, you know, to like just purely because of my own team affiliations, like one of the best teams in the in the country. So. 
what does it so what why would it not what what does it make sense to for him to not talk about the things that bother him like why is he not allowed to talk about it just because he bets to play football we all get to do a career or job that we love but does that mean that if we don't have a problem at work we're not allowed to talk about it like for me I I get to like I don't have I have a job that I get to do as opposed to a job that I have to do yeah but if I have a problem at work then I'll mention it I have not had any problems at work in case anybody at FIFA decided they want to listen (laughs) but I love my job but yeah it's one of them things where you should be able to talk about the struggles that you faced especially when it's people who have nothing have no idea what you're going who have no idea what you're going through like just because you see just because you're putting a smile on your face doesn't mean you're happy yeah I think um speaking about um jobs you've done as well do you still have your are you still involved with uh b-coms uh in like i guess in a in a shadow capacity i would say yeah. um you yeah. know um i still like b-coms is always is always going to be an organization which is going to be close to my heart because yeah. i wouldn't be where i'm at without them um and i'm still involved with the people who you know make a lot of the decisions and i try to help out when in any way that i can yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm still involved. I guess I'm, my role is I don't have an official role with Becoms, um, but I'm I, I would say I'm I'm involved in any time I can help them out. Yeah, it's just cause they did some some brilliant, excellent work. Even though you're not directly involved anymore, would you be able to tell us a little bit about what they do? Yeah, Becoms is um, well, it stands for the Black Collective of Media and Sport, even though. It's so much bigger than what what the, the name of the brand is. Um, you know, I think any time I get the opportunity to say so, I always say that Becoms is almost like the biggest kept secret or the yeah. best kept secret in the UK in UK sports media. Even yeah. even getting to the point where it's not even just UK sports media; it's just sports media in general. Um, you know, I think you know they they're an organisation which you know cultivates um you know young talent young talented you know journalists but again so much more than that like producers um pro- like producers presenters um like any form of like on screen or off screen type of um role within within the world of media um and they ultimately pave bridge the gap between the community and the um the community and the sports industry sports media industry and provide them with the opportunities ultimately to succeed and to get real life experience doing the things that they want to do as careers for the future. Um, you know, I think even, you know, currently right now, you know, we're, we're there. Be, I say we, like I'm still a part of it. They are still um, <laughs> running, um, you know, they're currently running the, you know, the Becoms masterclasses, you know, the, we just, they, they, again, with the we, I just, it's we, the we just always, because I always interest in my heart. But like they just expanded um, to, um, you know, the Becoms North program. So, you know, man, up, up towards Manchester, because, you know, that was something that that they had been working on. Even me, I can say we because I was part of that process at the time. But um, they have been working on to get something like that cultivated for people who weren't in London and wanted to also experience get to that point in the sports media. So literally, I think. You know, a lot of the the faces of a lot, a lot of the people of color on you know TV right now, a lot of them have somewhat come through that Becom system, and yeah. um, oh, a lot of them are a lot of them you know are currently you know do like even my own cohort from from two years ago. You know, a lot of us are doing amazing things. Like obviously, you know, I work for FIFA now. Some of us are working for Talk Sports. Some of us are working for UEFA. 
even on the current program you know some people are working for ch- like clubs like it's and you know some people are working for their own have created their own platforms and are just doing massive things so you know like um it's an amazing organization and they do amazing work they've been doing amazing work for the last 10 years and i think the best thing about them now is that they're starting to get recognized even more and more and every time that they bring in a crop of talent yeah. they just get better and better and better so um yeah there's not not there's not enough kind words i can say about becomes yeah. oh, that's nice yeah fair, fair play to you and fair play to them for like being a key part of this like activism to kind of you know bring bring about more equality in the game in it yeah, yeah definitely definitely yeah, yeah. sorry and um uh, I yeah, think I think uh, anyone second, I think if anyone's listening to this, they should oh, definitely yeah. click on the website because it it just shows how how much more change is needed with like um, the statistics they offer and the figures. It it's just it's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, yeah no, definitely definitely, yeah. definitely, definitely um, have a look at the website. Um, have a look at the the social media. You know, follow them um, on social media. I believe it's it's we are becoms everywhere. Yeah. Um, you know, stay literally join the mailing list. I mean, literally, um, I think if you're somebody who, if you're a young talent, if you think you, if you're at the point where you think or you want to get into this media industry and, you know, you, whether it's you're young and you just, you're getting to the point where you just want to start out or whether you're somebody who's been doing things and you've kind of just not been able to break through that next door to get in, then by all means, honestly, like get in touch with becoms yeah uh leon man is probably one of the best men that i know um definitely. like he like he definitely i can definitely say without a doubt he if without him i would most definitely 1000 percent not have this job with fifa um but yeah no literally um get in touch with becoms and it can it can literally change your life yeah it sounds like really uh, monumental impact they've made so yeah big up to them all right, uh, back to my question. Um, so obviously you said about uh, players like Raheem, Raheem Sterling, who's experienced like a like a, uh, a series of r- racial incidents um, throughout his career. So I was wondering to know, like, uh, uh, regarding like recent events, do you think campaigns such as Kick It Out are and will make a lasting change to the society of the game? And uh, why do you think some black footballers such as Wilfred Zaha have started to stand out by refusing to take the knee, and even white players such as Marcus Alonso? Um, well, Marcus Alonso, um, he is, a, I feel like he's a different case. I mean, um, I'm, I'm trying to speak about it in a respectful way, but I believe the reasons that he stands is not the same reasons that Wilfred Zaha stands. I yeah, think I'll, different I'll, cases, so yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll just, I think I'll just leave it at that without having to step on anybody's toes or, or be disrespectful yeah. to anybody, but, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, he definitely stands for a much different reason than Wilfred Zaha does. Um, to go back to the first point in regards to Kiki out, I believe, um, I think with these type of things, there's certain people and organizations that can only go so far. It doesn't mean that they do not mean well and do not and absolutely mean to change things. Like, you know, somebody who gets a lot of stick and I'm happy that I'm actually able to call him a friend of mine. Um, because a lot of time he's the one that gets called to speak on these type of things is Troy Townsend. Um, yeah. But he, he's like, there's nothing I know he wants more. Like, he, for example, he was one of the people that I spoke to with for Vice and for the Vice article. And, you know, this type of thing, we can talk about it for like, obviously the, there's a limit on the article and how many words I'm allowed to have. But with somebody like Troy, 
I can literally make the whole article just about him. Like we we spoke on the phone for about an hour and a half, and let me tell you, transcribing that thing was not fun at all. <laughs> but like I know Troy will always mean well and always do well. Like I know that's one thing I can always like with people. It's the thing with that type of thing when you start to get to this point, you start to know the people. Like I think kick it out has been have been given have been had a lot of um a lot of stuff thrown on them unfairly i do believe that they meet they absolutely mean well but i think a lot of the stuff that has been thrown on them like because obviously they're they kind of work in conjunction with england so the war with the fa so it's kind of like if the f if there's a problem if something comes if there's an incident then you know the fa can kind of ultimately just you know sidestep it and be like there look the kick it out is there they missed it so it kind of does get so it doesn't leave a lot of time that the FA kind of does like dodge a lot of the 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 the, the visceral that that ultimately should be targeted at them. Um, second part of your question was about was it about Wilfred? Was it about Zaha? Yeah, Wilfred Zaha. Why do you think he's um basically decided to stand out by refusing to take the knee? Um, I think ultimately it's a di- it's just a different it's a different way to to portray the same message yeah. um yeah, i think yeah. like people seem to some people seem to get some again the people that are uneducated seem to get into their minds that oh because zaha's standing he doesn't want the same thing that everybody else wants but he yeah. most definitely want what well, most definitely does because again similar to somebody like sterling probably not to the same degree but somebody like sterling he's also experienced a mass amount of abuse racial abuse in this country um so i think you know um it's just one of them things where he i think he is also at the point where he's at the point i think he's mentioned it himself where he's at the point where you know we can't get to the point where we're just talking about this anymore like the fact that and i'm sure a lot of people feel the exact same way and probably even some of the players that Neil probably like we can't we have to get to the point when do we get to the point where we're taking action like we can't be doing social media campaigns we can't be doing blackouts like what does it prove like people blame it or throw it but a lot of people love to throw it back on social media social this is not a social media issue this is a yeah. social problem this is a society yeah. problem this is a problem that comes from the moment that we are born to how we grow up in our households and interact with people in this country it has been it has been like this since the moment it's been like this probably since my parents was born it's been like this since my grandparents was born and it's been like this since i'm born so you know to think that there are the people that came before us were trying to fight to get to the point where we don't have to go through this and every single time they failed but it's not their fault that we failed it's society's fault that we failed because it's it's also down to it i'll say ignorance isn't it like that's a big thing yeah, that's to say that that's that, that's yeah. literally the education and the ignorance sits hand in hand. Like people have to be willing to be educated. You have to be willing to, um, you know, have yourself enlightened, or you have to be willing to actually ask the uncomfortable questions. Like a lot of this stuff is, like I mentioned before, a lot of this stuff is uncomfortable to talk about. But you have to have the conversation. If you don't have the conversation, then you're never when when you're ever ever gonna learn. So I think I think it's just I think it doesn't matter whether people kneel or whether people stand. I think either way the message is the same. 
Like we both, we all yeah. want, everybody wants change. We want action and we want resolve. Yeah. Do you, do you think there, there's enough um, BAME representation at, at like an elite level? And if not, do you think that change needs to be done in that, in that aspect as well? Well, firstly, um, I think even just from speaking to a lot of people that I know, um, I think, and I'm, I'm, I'm in agreement with them, um, the term uh, BAME, we need yeah. to retire that. Like, it, yeah, yeah, BAME is basically filling, is basically similar to box ticking. It's like, oh yeah, we've got somebody from BAME. What is BAME? Yeah, what is that? What like is separating that? them in a way, isn't it? Yeah, like, you, if you're gonna, if you come, if I come into your room, and if I come into like, say if I come into you guys' classroom and then I ask the teacher, what's the like the ethnicity, um, you know, split in your class? And he says, oh, we've got uh, we've got five students from BA, we've got three students from BAME background and we've got five students, we've got 15 students who are white. What is what do I if you're not in the know about what BAME means, you have no idea what how many or five people are or anything. You probably think that a new ethnicity exists like. Be it, like be specific. Like, do we have you have three people of black descent? We have two people of Indian descent. Like, you have to be specific about these things. So, yeah. don't just say BAME to tick a box. Like, it doesn't represent. It doesn't represent everybody. Like, we have that's something we have to get rid of. But I guess to answer the question, how you actually wanted the question to be answered. Um, no, it's not enough. Like I'm, just, and just again, the stats show that. You know, like we're on a like again, like how I mentioned. You know, Les Ferdinand. You know, Les Ferdinand is probably one of three uh, people in the entire football league. That means all 92 clubs in the English division. That is of that is black. Um, and even if you want to go, if you even want to throwing BAME he's the only one of colour so he's the only one who is who is able he's one of three who are able to actually make decision I say three there's two more that I, I unfortunately I just my names of me just escaped me at this current moment in time but you know three out of 92 is I don't know what I don't know what whatever you know maths you want to put on it that is a terrible ratio it's a terrible ratio. Yeah. And to be in that type of, and this, and you know, this is also, again, bringing up Leon again. Yeah. Um, there was something he said, I think earlier today, where it's like, if the people that are in the positions to make chains all look the same, they all are going to think that, that this is what make, this is what is best for people who don't, who do, who are they not, who do people that do, do not represent them. So how can somebody who, has never experienced what I've experienced, never play, been to places that I've been, never grew up in the way that I grew up. And you don't have to necessarily grow up in the exact same way, even just a similar way. But if someone who has never done any of that is making decisions for me, how are they, how have they, it's like, how have you come to that decision? Like what experiences, what people have you spoken to that are going to, that have let you know, okay, this is probably a, a direct course of action to to move like i think we were speaking to i was speaking to, i was having a conversation uh, the other day with somebody who works at a newspaper um and they were telling me a, me a story about how you know a few years ago they was going to run a story about a player who who is in one of the lower leagues um and somebody literally i think one of the interns who literally 
just walked through, was walking through the room, that she just had a peer over, looked at the newspaper and said, that's not the person that you're talking about. But this is to a group, a room full of white people who have never seen, who clearly have never seen this person before in their life. And if that person didn't, if the person of colour who didn't walk past them and say that, they would have run the story. And then again, we would have had this thing where we, like, it even happened the, even happened the other day with, um, with, um, with, um, with men, yeah. Yeah, yeah. um, you know, literally, um, you know, there's obviously something going on with, um, the, the Mendy who plays for Manchester City, but a lot yeah. of the newspapers were referring to him as Edward Mendy who plays for Chelsea. And oh, yeah, I saw that. It's like this type of thing cannot happen at all. Like, how does stuff like this still happen? It's, it's mental, but yeah, definitely the representation at the higher levels is nowhere near at the level it needs to be. Yeah, yeah. I agree. It's truly a disgrace. But obviously, um, you were talking about coaches, right, in terms of black coaches. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, obviously, speaking of coaches, and then you look at, look at the player side of things, obviously there's a lot of black uh, players that are being uh, – I'll say that's a good representation of them, like it's more increasing in, in today's game. Wouldn't you agree? Um, I would say, again, it's one of those things where it just depends on how, what kind of scale of progression you look at. You know, again, that answer could still be the exact same and be like, and I could just bluntly say to you, no, it's not. Um, you know, again, we're still at a point where, again, 92 clubs in England, I guarantee you 5% of those clubs don't have, um, a black member of coaching on them, a black member of coach or a member of, coach who is from an ethnic minority like I can almost guarantee it without even having to look it up so but then there's also the thing of you know you can also be optimistic and say things are moving in the right direction you know we're starting to see more black coaches more coaches from ethnic minorities you know representing being represented in 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 football um and I think that's because again we're at a point now where these conversations are being have are being had where things can now be started to work through and worked out. Like, um, you know, again, I keep name dropping, but it just happens. Like when you get to a point where you, you just get to a point mm-hmm. where you're just name dropping. Like, um, I worked last year. You know, I was able. I had the, the, the I had the fortune of working with England, and you know, I got to speak oh, really? to. I, yeah, I got to speak to um to Chris Powell, um, who is you know one of the coaches. Oh on, yeah, he's on, a- on Gareth Southgate, yeah, on Gareth Southgate, yeah. and, and Gareth Southgate itself, you know, something stuff like that. You know, there's loads of amazing black coaches currently working through that setup. Obviously, not on the direct England team, but working in that setup. You know, you know, Justin Cochran is another one to say, but you know, Chris Powell, you know, that team just went to a Euro a Euro's final, like yeah, mm-hmm, like yeah. stuff like that. And you know, they, you've got coaches that in in the league now in in English football now. You know, obviously Chris Hutton. You know, Nuno Spirito Santo, like, yeah. the, and Darren Moore, like, these Darren coaches, Moore, yeah. these coaches yeah. exist, like, they're around. It's just, why are they not getting an opportunity? Why, why are we on this endless cycle of giving people who, and not even just in, even if you don't want to make it an, a, um, like a, um, a race thing, why are we giving opportunities to managers who have been to clubs and then failed at clubs? Exactly, like, exactly. Like what? Yeah, what, yeah. what does that? What does that serve? That, like? That's that's on TV as well. Like you see, I, I think you see like Alan Pardew talk about Newcastle after he was sacked from there and did a terrible job. 
like it's no one it's just not given enough I just don't think people yeah, in the like, jobs give the thing. Why, yeah. Like, why, why are you, why are we awarding mediocrity? Like, yeah. what, what do you <laughs> yeah. get from that? Like, the, the whole thing with, like, again, not to this is, and this is no disrespect to to him, but it's like the whole thing with with Sam Allardyce was the whole thing is that he didn't get relegated. But the thing is, you've been fired so many times. <laughs> it's Before like, it's happened. Why, why are we still giving you a job? Like, why do you, why are people scared to try something new? That's something that yeah. they've never done before. Like, you'll be so fast to give a job to somebody who has no form of success. Like, you can look at a lot of managers that are out of work or a lot of managers who were in that cycle of constantly getting a job. Like, Sam Aldes has won. Steve Bruce has won, you know. Um, Alan Pardew used to be one. Like, um, like those type of managers who have not done anything in their managerial careers to warrant getting jobs still. Like, yeah, I mean, they're still getting a chance, like all the, you know, all the more talented uh, minority coaches. Yeah, and it's like, why? Like, what does it, what do you, what reasoning do you have to give them the job? Like, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, like, yeah. a lot of it is just, a lot of it is just privilege. Like, um, like again, um, again, I'm name dropping again. But um, last year, again, another thing last year, like I had the opportunity to speak to Gareth Southgate in a, in a press conference. Oh, wow. yeah. And I remember I asked him the question about when he got the job at Middlesbrough from when he was from when he turned, well, from when he was a player. He said to me that if he would if he hadn't if he he had a good relationship with, with the people upstairs at Middlesbrough. He, he openly admitted to me saying that if he didn't think that. He had that opportunity. If he didn't think he had that relationship with, him, he knew he got that job out of privilege. He knew he did. Like he knew it yeah. necessarily wasn't a job that he probably deserved, but he got it out of privilege. He yeah. he openly admitted that, and that's one of the things I will always respect Gareth Southgate because again, Gareth Southgate, I think, is probably one of the best examples of getting the education that you need and re-evaluating your perspective on life. Like I think he has done it extremely well. Like you just look at the like you have to look at that England setup. And you have to look at the players and the personalities in that team. And you have to think that somebody like Gareth Southgate wouldn't get along with those type of players and those personalities. But he's a per- he's, his man management has been sensational over his period of tenure. And ultimately, he has definitely deserved his contract extension. And yeah, he's, been do- he's been doing all of the right things and he's been saying all of the right things. Like, it's, again, and, but the important part of it is, other than him saying the right things, is he's doing the right things as well. And we need to get to that point where instead of people just saying that they're going to do this and they're going to do that and they're going to better themselves, we have to judge people by what they do as opposed to what they say. Yeah, well yeah. said. Yeah, just uh, one more question on the minority, minority side of things. Obviously, you spoke about managers, you spoke about the black minority. Uh, being of a South Asian background myself, I know that uh, I'm, like, I'm, not, I'm not aware of much of a South Asian representation in the game, bar maybe... Well, I do know one obvious one is Hamza Chaudhry of Leicester City. Do you reckon mm. that, like, there's something that needs to be done to change that pattern? I think something needs to be done to change all the patterns. Like, yeah. all every, all of it. Like, obviously, the the issue of, you know, like, listen, the racism is bigger than, like, just people being racist to black people. Like, it's bigger than yeah, that. Exactly, yeah. Um, um, like, that's why you have, that's why you have, like, people will think, like people, I guarantee we. I mean, we don't even know. Maybe we get to the point in the future where 
we get to a point where things aren't as racist as they are anymore. But then it's just because things aren't as racist anymore because people just aren't being racist to black people anymore. But there's still loads of other minorities and people from different descents that are experiencing discrimination and racism. So I think like everything needs to be changed. Like that's why, you know, going back to leadership, you know, when you have a diverse set of people making the calls and the decisions for, you know, an organization, it's only going to reap the benefits because you have so many different experiences and backgrounds and perspectives from so many different people who have lived this life um, in so many different ways that it's almost impossible to offend anybody. Like you talk, you walk into a room with everybody who is from somewhere that you've never been to or everywhere that, you know, like from different, you know, backgrounds, like, if you have a problem with something, somebody, if you have a diverse room, something, someone's easily going to point out there, that is probably a bit insensitive or, or a bit racist or not even a bit racist, but racist. If you have people who have never experienced, who are making things for people who are of certain backgrounds and have yeah. never been that way, there's no one to tell them, Hey, what you're doing is probably racist. So everything needs to change. Like, you know, and this, and, and, the yeah the um the the fight you're the fight you're you're referring to i mean i think this this is massive like um you know i think that's again something that's even that sir gareth southgate has spoken on about so eloquently but it's just the thing where like the fact that a lot of the time you can only name one player um and exactly, it's uh, in the premier league it's, yeah it's it's t- like again they're in the like the fact that it's one in the Premier League is bad, and then the fact that if you go to the lower league, you can barely name any. Yeah, like yeah, it's terrible. It's terrible, like so. Like there's, I think just across the board in general. Like I feel like I can answer this question. I feel like I can. Uh, I've answered your questions, all of your questions this way. But there's a lot of work to be done all over the board. Like yeah, that's like the kind of like overbearing message, isn't it? Yeah. Of everything. Yeah, like this, we we shouldn't be settled with just like we can't. We there's nothing at this point now we 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 can settle for like the ha- the conversation is now the conversation. Like, don't feel uncomfortable to have the conversation. Yeah. Um. Like we nothing because if you if no one has the conversation, nothing will change, and you'll get to a point where you'll be experiencing something and you'll be like is that right what they said like are they allowed to say that like I didn't necessarily feel comfortable with them saying that and uh, you might feel like there's no one you can talk to but you have to like there we're we're at a point where the I mean to be honest I'll be honest I think after last year to where we're at now I think the iron is definitely a lot colder than it was a lot colder than it was but I think we need to the iron needs to be struck again and we need to keep the conversation going yeah exactly so just um, just a few more questions back to you Ollie Uh, I was was just had a perfect place to end it to be honest yeah, if you've got more questions, I'm, I'm, I'm all good. I'm not, it's not a problem. Do yeah, you want to do one more and I'll do one more? Or... Uh, I, I have unfortunately got to go soon. Uh, all right. Um, do you want to finish off with the slide finish off or do you want to take about yeah, the Qatar? Is that, is that all right? I, I, yeah. 
Yeah, all right. I'll just uh, finish you off. I'll say, how do you think uh, holding a World Cup in a Middle Eastern lucrative nation like Qatar for the first time ever will make a huge impact on the world game? Um, I think it's going to be interesting. I think, um, you know, I mean, speaking for myself, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I mean, you know, yeah, obviously, Same, yeah. a lot of time, you know, the World Cup is every four years. To think I'm in a position now where I only have to wait a year to potentially go to one. Um, oh, it's, yeah. it's, it's very, it's very, it's, it's, it's extremely cool. I'm not even going to lie. It's really. Oh, you'll, you'll get to go there and report on it on that stuff there as well. Um, well, not report, literally just work on the social media side of things. So oh, oh, yeah, literally, yeah. literally, I think whenever you'll see something, if you're more often than not, if you see something going up on, on the, the World Cup Instagram, it'll probably be me who posted it, like, oh, yeah, a, cool. a lot of times. So. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fun. Like, it's fun that you, I get to be, a lot of times I get to be the person that presses the button. Like, it's, it is quite fun. Yeah. Yeah. I feel um, like, I feel like every time we have a new conversation, you've like leveled up from that, like that's where you were previously. Yeah. I feel like you've caught, you've caught me at a great time. <laughs> yeah. I think, I don't think I've anybody, I've, I don't think in this period of time I've spoken to any, I've done or like <laughs> spoke to you or done an interview with anybody as consistently I've done with you. So, yeah. um, yeah, it's been, it's been, I think, yeah, the, the, the journey has been a very, very interesting one. Um, but, you know, I'm blessed to be where I'm at. Um, there's been a lot of hard work and ultimately it just, it gets to the point, you know, the hard work doesn't stop realistically. Like, um, you reach one level when you have to work harder to get to another one and then you reach hard, you work harder to get to another one. And yeah. as it is right now, I'm in a place, I'm in a, like I said before, I'm in a, I'm in a, I'm in a career. I'm not even, I'm in a job that, I get to do that, I, that as opposed to one that I have to do, and I love every minute minute of it. And you know, things are going to kick up like literally as soon as it, it hits twenty twenty two. You know, things are going to reach a whole new gear, and I just have to be ready and work harder for that. Yeah. Right. Cool. Yeah. That's that's a, that was great. Should we end it there, or do you do yeah? I just want to say, Keanu, thank you for um, always doing the interview, man. Every time we have a conversation, I just it like it, the education is like, phenomenal. Yeah, like your insight is very like uh, sophisticated. So thanks for that. Yeah, we pre- really appreciate that, man. Yeah, really appreciate it, mate. Yeah, no worries at all, man. I'm always happy to help out. So I think I think it, it's a it's a becoms thing as well. Like, um, yeah, you know, when you get to the, when you get to certain points in your career. Um, even though my career is still quite young, um, you know, I think realistically my, my career is only like two, two years old, um, or three, two and, two and a half years old, even if you want to say that. But, um, whenever you get to a certain point, whenever you are able to start to, you know, give back to, to people who, um, spoke, well, whenever you get to the point where you're just able to give back to people, or provide opportunities for other people or you know I'm, I'm one thing that's been ingrained in me is to always do that so i'm always happy to help um yeah, whenever you guys need thank you very much thanks very much Keanu. no worries guys and that was Keanu ratra digital content manager of fifa on our first interview on our first ever episode of the podcast thanks for listening everyone please go ahead and share subscribe and stream it up on every podcast platform including spotify and Apple and Google Podcasts. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Until the next one. I've been your host, Daniel Ahmed, joined by my co-host, Owen Russin. Thank you very much for tuning in.